Priority Lounge endeavors to be a podcast that covers all priority topics of the day. To add a new spin to our podcast, we have decided to add different types of episodes for you, our listeners. Starting today, we are introducing the Ask Us series. In this series, we will ask men and women of all professions a list of questions that we have always wondered about. In this episode, we speak with a dear friend of ours. He's a preacher, a radio personality, a sports commentator who happens to be blind. This is Priority Lounge, where the topic of the day is the priority. Welcome, Kuhn Tyson. Pleasure to be here. Wonderful. It's so we, We've been looking forward to this podcast for some time time we've been going back and forth like we have to get Kuhn on the podcast so thank you thank you thank you for joining us today really 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 great to be here nice wonderful so you ready to jump right in I think so all right so we have we have to start it off with the ball running so this is the hard-hitting question number one tell us why didn't you take the traditional route with the Blind Welfare Association of Trinidad and Tobago mm -hmm. and make baskets? Tell us, tell us, tell oh, us. Oh, come <laughs> on. Um, <laughs> I was actually speaking to the head of the Blind Welfare the other day, mm -hmm. and I told him that I regret not learning it. Oh, okay. Right? First, and, and it's not because I wanted to do, to do it as a career. Right. I think it would have helped me with my fine muscle development. Ah. And so I always, I always tell him, I say, you know, I should have done that at least as an option. But going right. back to my, um, <coughs> at the beginning, I didn't want to do it for two reasons. One, my mother told me, you're not going to do that. Oh. Uh -huh. And I think the most important one was, I didn't like the stereotypical blind thing. Right, okay. So I felt it was... At the time, I felt it was menial. I mm -hmm. felt it was stereotypical. Because everybody you meet, they'll come, you work for the Institute? You know, oh. they make great baskets. And I'm like, I want to be a journalist. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a lawyer. This nonsense about making baskets. Why are you all trying to pigeonhole me into right. that? And it used to infuriate me. Actually, I met someone the other day who told me, as they saw me, um, how is the Institute? And, and how is the elections? And I'm like, okay, what? You know? So, <laughs> what? in hindsight, mm -hmm. I wish I... I would have gone to learn it, right. <laughs> if only because of that. But um, because of where I, f I felt I was going, and because you know I, you have your insecurities, mm -hmm. and you didn't want to be the typical blind man, right? I said I'll have none of that. So I used to, I, I scoffed at it at an, at an early age. Say I will have nothing to do with that. Nothing. So you bypass that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's what I need you to do. Tell us. Describe in your own ways what is your profession? Because we listed out a couple of things. But well, what do you do? Um, confused. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very confused. Very. Let's see how it goes. I am a, I'm a broadcaster. Right. First of all, um, a sportscaster. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess a sports journalist. I own my own radio station, so it makes me a CEO of some, of, of some sort. Right. It's kind of a mix-up thing. I mean, I'm a worship leader. And um, to talk about one would be kind of unfair, if you know what I'm right, saying. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's essentially what I do. Um, I'm, I actually get paid now to do worship. <laughs> what? Okay, uh, okay, hint, okay. Hint, hint, Pastor Ricardo. Um, <laughs> you know, all these years I work for you. But, but I mean, <laughs> I actually know <laughs> get, 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 a, get a stipend to do worship, to which, do is, worship. Which, which has never happened before. Wow, you know? okay. And no times have, times have changed. So mm -hmm. there's about six or seven things I think I do with my life. And then there's a part of me that just likes to laser around and do nothing. Right. Um, 
So that that makes it seven. That makes it <laughs> seven. So tell us, tell us, what's the best part of your job? The best, I think, of all the persons in the world. Well, I'm, I'm one of the few who lives a dream. Right. So okay. When I was sixteen, well, I always liked radio. Mm -hmm. I always liked playing with the. Those days we had cassettes, and right. you all, you all are so. That's so yesterday for you all, right? You millennials. Yes. But um, I enjoyed. For some reason, recording myself talking, and I'll talk about everything and anything. So I, I had no nice. kind of cassette diary nonsense, right? Mm -hmm. And I realized when I was like 16, 15, 16, I woke up one morning and said, you're going to be a journalist. Okay, really? Mm. All right, fine. And um, I began to push toward that in Form 3, Form 4, Form 5, training myself to speak properly. Um, and then, I, I mean, I, I was in love with radio, so I wanted right. to do radio and journalism. And I get to do what I want to do. Um, I don't have the typical eight to four job. Right. Okay. And I, I remember looking at the yearbook of Vesini Secondary, which was my my alma mater. Right. And they wrote, they wrote Kern Tyson wants to pursue a career in journalism. We wish him all the best. And I look at it and say, well, wait now. A few years after, I began to do it. So mm -hmm. I don't make a whole a, a ton load of money. You know, I'm not I'm not rich by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But I'm one of the few persons in the world, I think, who is actually living a dream i'm doing my dream job mm -hmm. you know not being paid handsomely but doing my dream job and i'll have it no other way no other way yeah so that kind of keeps me going that keeps you going so i know that in in our country we didn't have all the opportunities necessary so how did you maximize and get yourself to this position um i'm still trying to work out if i really did maximize mm, okay but i think the important thing for um, someone who is visually impaired or physically challenged or <coughs> excuse me, different labels, whatever you want to use. Yeah. You need a good support team. Right. Support system. Now, everybody needs a, a support system, right? Mm -hmm. But when you have a challenge, so basically when you're done one in life, in life mm -hmm. and, and let's face it, you, you're, you're born with a disability, the world thinks that you're done you, one. Yeah. You need that extra support and the things that others could get away with, you can't. Right. You know, so somebody could be slack in school, um, not study as hard. You have to always do a little better because right. your teachers are looking at you. Hmm. Students are looking at you to see if you're, if, if, if you're worth your salt. So I had to work hard. Um, Braille was the main thing then. Mm -hmm. I think now for, for uh, a visually visually impaired uh, person, blind person, no, yeah. because of the myriad of technology and so on, um, it's a little easier. It's, it's still tough because the human element is always, you know, humans are by nature unkind. Yes. So, but, but you have technology to help you. So as long as you're willing to, to trust technology and to learn it, you could become computer literate, you can yes. use Skype, you can use Zoom, we can use Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram, Snapchat, Everything, everything as long as you want to do it so it can it, it, it makes it a bit easier you for you for, to, to succeed then uh in the, in the 90s and 80s there wasn't much computers and then i wasn't very interested in it anyway okay okay but i had to do braille my books had to be in braille or on cassettes my mother my poor mother had to read for me sometimes so yeah um it was tougher then i guess but then it was the only thing i knew so okay yeah so it didn't seem like didn't so seem much so of a... Bad, yeah, you know, okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So how did you 
in response to how the public and any other individuals that came in contact with you treated you, how did you respond to them? Um, not always good. I, uh. think, I, I think because you're maturing now, mm -hmm. um, you know how now to respond because there is this thing I talk about called the psychology of blindness, and I never heard it before. Okay. Um, where, so it's, it's like this. I come into a room and I say morning to you and you don't respond or you respond maybe rude or tis. Right. And the, the first thing that will come to my mind is she gets annoyed so because I'm blind. It's not, mm. it, it's not the fact that you're having a bad day. Yeah. So when you have that challenge already, you, you feel, although you know that in Christ you are great and you're king and a priest mm -hmm. and all of that, the, these insecurities always nibble at you, at right. your heel. So when you have people who are insensitive, whether they are intentionally insensitive or not, depending the day and the, the, the side of the bed you wake up on, that person could get a, a polite response or something dripping with sarcasm. Right. And I've been guilty of doing that from time to time. When somebody come at you, you go into a taxi and the driver says, you know where you're going? And my, my, my first response is, what do you think, I'm an idiot? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, and, and that mm -hmm, is I get not you, I get necessary you. because he's genuinely asking, asking a question. Do you know where you're going? Mm -hmm. Whether his tone is harsh, whether it comes mm -hmm. across a bit a bit jagged or, or abrasive. Mm -hmm. um, I've learned now to measure everything with grace. Yeah. So now I have less of these. So right. you kind of... You, so you're learning, you're learn, learning. You learn to season mm -hmm. your words with salt and that yeah. kind of thing. And the word now is, 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 has become so important to me. But I remember when I was younger, sometimes I would have responded roughly. Yeah. I remember being in church once and pastor was right there. But that, that day was a good mood. I was in a good mood. <laughs> and, so, and something was happening in church and I got food. And the young lady asked me, you could eat for yourself? That, what? And I had a laugh because, I mean, at that time I was beginning to learn, you know, okay, good, have fun with this and have fun with oh your blindness. Mm. And the Lord began to show me, just have fun with it, just mm -hmm. be silly with it. And I turned to pastor and both of us had a rollicking laugh. I mean, <laughs> I, I think he was even worse than I was. <laughs> but um, you learn to um, not just accept blindness, but to yeah. embrace it and to be silly with it. And I felt that when I began to do that, when I began to be silly, when I began to play the fool with my blindness, then others realized, oh wait, no, he's a clown, he's normal, he's just, yeah. he's just blind, just forget about it. And then people began to make jokes with you about your blindness, and then you just, they realize how comfortable it is to be around you. Right. But it's been a good journey. It has been a good journey. Nice. At this time, do you have anything that keeps you up at night? Any new dream that has been settling within you? Um... I wish I could say yes sometimes. <laughs> uh, these nights I want to sleep. But um, sports keep... I asked someone the other day, what keeps you up late at night and, and, and gets you up early in the morning? And I said to myself, I know the answer for me, and that's sports. Right, so okay. So if I have to cover an event, or if I have... Or, or there is something I have to do tomorrow in relation to sport, that could keep me up late at night. And it could make me go to bed at 3 and wake up at 5. Mm -hmm. And I'll feel tired, but I'll feel strengthened to go. To go. But that is my passion. I mean, most a lot of people in their lives, they haven't found that passion. But sports it is. Um, sports casting, analyzing this thing, uh, going against the green, basically swing upstream. Right. Covering something that people will think a blind person should have no business covering. There's no. Right. It, just, it, it makes no sense logically for the average person. Exactly. But, but it just gets me excited. Mm -hmm. I mean, the idea of 
sitting down in front of her television and following cricket, football, basketball, and tennis for the entire day. Right. And then a bit of track and field if you put that in. Mm -hmm. And at the end of my day, I'll say, I had the greatest day ever. It was just sport all day. And I wish tomorrow could be the same. Same thing. Yeah, so that is definitely my passion, to, to cover sports, to follow sports, everything. I mean, somebody called me the other day, um, a glorified couch potato, and I said, oh, uh, no. oh, thank you very much, you know. Uh, no offense taken. Thanks, yeah. I'm a couch potato. That's good. But um, this is my passion, mm -hmm. and I love it so much. Wonderful. So with this passion, how does it tie in with your station? Because you said you're a CEO of sorts. Of sorts. And how do um, <laughs> it ties in um, f fantastically well mm -hmm. because the, the station is a sports station. Right. It's called Sports and the Word. Nice. And it's all sport, all gospel. Mm -hmm. So someone asked me, is it 50% gospel, 50% sport? I said, no, it's 100% sport, 100% gospel. There's right. no, you know. There's no in between. No. And I remember getting the idea. Someone, uh, I was in a car, and someone said to me, why are you opening your own station? Okay. And I said, that makes no sense. I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. And I heard the Lord in my head, and he gave me the idea in about 10 seconds. Name, sports, and the word, network, da, da, da. He, he began to just download. Download. Tell me all use now, download. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I felt as if he was just downloading everything, you know, on, on that hard drive, and it was so yeah. simple. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, it has been a tough journey with that because, I mean, you know, financially it's not easy. Right. But um, every day the Lord will give us manna. I mean, one day I hope that we'll go into the place where we could just eat from the land. Yes. But until that, he gives us manna to go on from day to day. And um, it's a fantastic idea of all sport, all gospel, using sport as a vehicle for evangelism. Yes. Because, you know, you find a way to win some or win all. Yeah. And... Um, Sport to me is amazing because whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're male, female, we all, well, a lot of us, we love sport. Yeah, we do. You know, and if you could attract those who are not saved to listen to this, because mm -hmm. they're going to be attracted to this by, by the sport. Sport. And then you present the gospel in a non-threatening way, but very clear way. Mm -hmm. And you do that, then people would come to him. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, with regards to sports, because we, we're a sports commentator, we're, we're looking at sports. Mm. Did you get to travel often? And where did you go? Where oh, did you fun. go? Oh, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for doing this because you're going to make me very, very happy. <laughs> uh, I went to New Zealand. Oh, nice. I went to England uh, a few times mm -hmm. and throughout the Caribbean covering sport. And I remember the first trip, it would have been like 13 years ago. Right. Um, before that, I was covering sports in studio. Mm -hmm. So doing all my stuff in studio at 98.1 FM. Okay. And there was a time in 2008, or oh, when I turned 30, mm -hmm. I got up two or three days after, and I'm like, I fed up doing this in studio. Okay. And before that, I had some dreams about going to New Zealand and all of that. And at the same time, the West Indies, they were going to tour New Zealand in December, from December 11th to something. Okay. And I remember turning to my wife, late wife then, and she said, what? I say, yeah, I want to go to New Zealand. How are you going to do that? And I began to, you know, how are you going to raise the money? And I told her how. And I said, so I'll go in. She says, no, we're going. And um, we embarked on this amazing journey to raise the money to go to New Zealand. And I remember okay. writing this down in October. And I said, um, didn't have a great day today. But I am 100% sure that on the 4th of December, I'll be on the plane to New Zealand. Yeah. On mm. the 4th of December, I was on the plane to New Zealand. 
Well, look at that. Through, you know, and that was, um, I should say, an eye-opening uh, experience, experience for me. Uh-huh. Uh, because people were, they were like a blind journalist and they, it was novel now. So yeah, so they didn't see it before. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know. And I mean, I remember walking through Napier and walking through Dunedin and jumping into cars and mm-hmm. drivers would say, hey man, um, I just saw you in my newspaper and now you're in my car, <laughs> you know? And then somebody would honk their horn and say, I saw you in the paper, good on you. Right. Sky interviewed me and different things. So it was three weeks of the best. I can't remember having a better, <laughs> better time in my life. Right. Um, it was just, look, every day I woke up in New Zealand, every, mm-hmm. every piece of commentary I did, every report I sent back, it was just like, you're actually doing this. Mm-hmm. And then the year after, I went to England, and I went. I covered the T20 World Cup in the Caribbean. Okay. Um, went to England again for the Champions Trophy. So different things I did. And um, every experience, I come back home and I say, yeah, you did it again. You did it And again. I've had some excellent times outside, some tough times. Mm-hmm. But um, I just keep coming back home and saying, yeah, you did yeah. it again. So congratulations to yourself. And it's good sometimes to pat yourself on the back and say, yeah, good one. Tough one, but good one. So, with all of this travel, mm-hmm. with your station, with everything that you're currently doing, because we said seven, right? Yeah. Seven different yeah. occupations, right? Yeah. How do you manage this financially? How do you get by? Um, I, I don't know. Um, I haven't traveled for a while because, right. because at that time, um, my wife got, she was ill. So, oh, I stayed home. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my traveling put a serious dent in the family's, um, um, you know, bank yeah. account. Because I was this globe-trotting, believing in this so-called silly dream. Mm. But I had to do the tough things like begging for money, raising right. money. Yeah, that's hard. And that's hard. Um, dealing with the rejections sometimes. And, and, and just saying, look, you have to do it. Mm. I remember the last time I, I traveled for sport, I, was, I had this crazy idea of jumping on a plane and going to Jamaica walking into Sportsmax, Sportsmax is a, is a sports station, mm-hmm. and tell them, this is my resume, I come for a job. And I what? did that. Yeah, you, I did d- that. You, you did it? Yeah, 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 I did that. I spoke to your father, and your father, and he, liked, he, liked, he liked the idea. He didn't tell me it was nonsense. Maybe deep down in his heart, he thought, so I'm not sure. But <laughs> <laughs> but Jump one of my passages. I, I, mean, I raised money, well, I, 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 I mean, I wasn't afraid of that. The mm-hmm. fear was calling one of my aunts to ask her for money. Right, and okay. I Walking by the phone, picking it up, putting it down. And of course, you're going in the background saying, you better do this, you know. Yeah. And I called her and she said, um, how much you need? Okay, okay. And I'm like, all right, Megan, it's not bad, I promise. <laughs> and I jumped on the plane and went to Sportsmax and I um, told them what I told you. Mm-hmm. And they were shocked. I didn't get the job. But they but, but God honors faith. Mm-hmm, he and, does. And uh, I made some links in Jamaica where I was on... Um, for years after I was on this this program from time to time on a, a, a station called Class Radio, okay. and they call me for analysis. Nobody knows who I am, this blind guy. Yeah. So the Lord worked that out nicely. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just, I just enjoyed moving by faith, even though it didn't work out at the time. time. But it okay. seemed as if it didn't work. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed the, the, the whole faith process. And I remember being on the plane and landing in Jamaica, and I told my wife, we're going tomorrow. Right. We're not going Friday or Monday. We're going tomorrow. Mm. Because if I wait, I wouldn't do it. Yes, okay. Because I'll be paralyzed like fair. So yeah, I had to jump ne- up next morning, dress up, and, and run off. I, 
had some crazy experiences. Crazy. The kind of things that the average person wouldn't do because it makes no sense. I mean, think about it. How do you just jump on a plane and go to a country to ask for a job? That makes no yeah. sense. It, 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 you know, it defies logic. Mm-hmm. Would I do it again? Yes. Yeah. Um, and a Jamaican told me, why? Why are you coming here for? This, this country is hard. It's hard times. I say, no, because of purpose. I want mm-hmm. to do, do this. And um, I don't think they took me on, but who cares? I, yeah. could, I could write about it now and tell exactly. you about the experience of jumping on a plane and going to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned purpose. And so many people in this world today have no sense of purpose. They don't understand why they're here. Can you speak to purpose and how it has has brought about your sense of being in this life? Yeah. Hmm. Um, when you understand, at least you have an idea mm-hmm. of what you want to do. Right. So I found my purpose at around maybe 16. Listened to a lot of Miles Monroe and purpose and potential, and that drove me. Right. So at 16, 17, I realized um, all, you, all you really have is a mouth and a brain. <clears throat> you're not skilled mm. with your hands. You're not skilled with your feet. Um, you have a big mouth and you have a, you have a, you have a sort of intellect or whatever. You like to talk people's business. Um, you like a little bit of confrontation. You like to ask questions. questions. You can uh-huh. sing a little bit. So that's your purpose. So, so, so run. Run with it. And I remember, I mean, purpose is do some weird things to you. Purpose will make me, will make me jump on a plane to go to Barbados for a cricket tournament. Leave my job. Go for a weekend get up five in the morning to board, or four in the morning to get to, to, to fly off to Barbados. Wow. Then sleep about three hours a night because I have to fly back to Trinidad mm-hmm. Monday, Sunday, into Monday morning to oh. go right back to work. To work. Ah. And not once did I say, oh gosh, it's mm-hmm. too early, I can't afford to get up. Usually I would, I would be cranky to wake up. Mm-hmm. But whenever, whenever there's purpose involved, um, somehow waking up early, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Um, discomfort. I m- remember being on that plane going to England to go to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't sleep on planes. I struggle to sleep on planes. Okay. So it's this long plane ride. And I'm like, oh my God, I would like to be in my bed now. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, your body would like it. But yeah. if you go back there, what a monumental disappointment. Yeah. So purpose will make you do, do, do the weird things, the mm-hmm. things that will discomfort you because um, somehow enemy, the enemy of... Comfort becomes your enemy mm. when when you when you've discovered your purpose. You don't right. mind being uncomfortable. You don't mind sleeping in a place that's not that hot right. or not that good. You mm-hmm. don't mind eating, you know, not the best food. food you divine. don't mind getting wet in your rain mm-hmm. and doing this because you want to do. You don't mind shedding a couple of tears because it's worth it. Right. And uh, when you find that, when you find that 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 sweet spot called purpose, boy, mm. you, will, you, will, you, will, you you will you will you will you will do anything. You know, anything for it to, to, to fulfill that purpose. Yeah. Were there any stumbling blocks in your way? Because I, because you've you've come you've come so far, and I and I believe our listeners would be able to say, what are we listening to <laughs> today? How did this guy do it? So, were there any stumbling blocks in your way? I'm sure there were. Let me see. I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of a stumbling block. One. Okay, so <laughs> expl- ex- explain <laughs> that. Explain I mean, that for me. Explain that to, for me. Sometimes you have to beat yourself. Like for example, I do a sports program on a on a, on a mainstream station now. Right. And I've been doing that for years. And I would tell them, you know, you all don't tell me if I'm doing it good. And I I, I felt as if sometimes, mm-hmm. as if you're fighting against yourself. You're trying okay. to beat yourself. So mm-hmm. in um in cycling they call it a kilometer time trial where you run against the clock. 
Okay. Him trying to run against you is against the clock. Mm-hmm. And there are days I say to myself, I said this great thing today. I don't know who heard it. Right. And I, I came to a place where I said, you know what? Even if I'm talking to myself here, I'll just talk to myself and do what I have to do. Right. Um, the stumbling block, I mean, people who don't believe. Okay. But we've learned to kind of sidestep them. But at mm-hmm. times, I remember going to New Zealand and coming back. Now, the thing about New Zealand was this. I was the only journalist from Trinidad that was there. Okay. The only radio station that was bringing any coverage was mine. Hmm. And when I came back, uh, I remember a manager at the station said, um, there's only sports, sports, sports on the radio. And I'm like, what? I hmm. said, okay, well, I, was, I wouldn't speak to, about sports for a month. And oh. I just shut up for an entire month. No sport, nothing. I was so mad because I felt I went out there and I represented not just me, but you all. Yes, everybody. What nonsense. You will come after all of this to talk about all you hearing in sport. sport. And I said, yeah, okay, fine. And those days I got really, really upset because, again, it's your craft. Mm-hmm. And you felt people were messing with it. Yeah. But after a while, I began to understand. So what if they mess with it? Um, so what if they don't understand it? Do you understand what you're supposed to do? Yes. Yeah. Then pursue it. And I remember a day I was, at, I was at my lowest. And I got a call. I was in, my, in the studio. And one of the news uh, readers presenter she called me and said there's a call for you in the studio from new zealand and i said stop lying okay and Mm -hmm. i walked to the city and i picked up the phone and i said hello and i heard hello Khan, how are you oh lord (laughs) and what what they actually wanted was they wanted me to do some reports for them on the 2015 cricket world cup so like like four or five days yes i sent back stuff to new zealand they called me on my phone and i sent back reports to them and i'm like uh-huh. You know what I mean? How yeah, come? yeah. Because what, what you're in New Zealand. The World Cup is in India. Surely you could find someone in, in New Zealand to do could it. actually do it. Why on earth they called me? And I was like, I mean, I was so happy. Of and, course. And I went to yeah. God. I said, God, this is crazy. I'm enjoying this. And he said to me, don't worry about these sideshows, man. You know, just watch me work. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've l- I-, I learned then not to care. Right. About what some people say. I mean, you have to be... I think you have to have a level of thick skin, but it can't be too thick because if, if it's too thick, then uh, you won't achieve because you won't feel. Right, that's so right. So I like the fact that I could still feel a bit mm-hmm. of pain when somebody says something to you. Like last year, I remember, or was it the year before, I said to them on air, this, this is my last sport report for the year, so happy new year to everybody. Mm-hmm. And a lady called me and said, is this your last sports report ever? I mean, I was looking forward to that, your last sports report. I thought it was your last. Mm. And I had to swallow that on radio and say, no, 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 ma'am. No, 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 hon. It's, it's, no, it's not my last. Oh, shucks. And she was rude. Rude. I, 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 I would even, yeah. That, she was rude. That's beyond rude. And, and did it bother me to an extent? Mm. Of course yes, it, it did. did. And, and, and it should bother you to an extent. Did, mm-hmm. it, did it paralyze me? Of course not. But things must bother you a little bit. Yeah. Because it's the bother that will cause you to push on. Mm-hmm. You know, the irritation, I think, sometimes yeah. that will cause you to, to, to not get complacent. So... Um, I've learned now to enjoy the criticism. If somebody thinks that you're just, you know, making a whole heap of noise and they disagree with you, and they think that what you're talking is a washpan of nonsense, yeah, you just push on. You push but on. But I enjoy now the little bit of bother, the the slight offense, because it causes you to push on until you can do greater things. Now, you you mentioned this lady that 
that said this on air, what was the worst moment in your career that you can think about? Um, a couple of them I can't talk about. Oh gosh, okay, um, sure. okay. But one maybe when I when I when I when I got something actually wrong on the air. Made okay. A, made a hash of the sportscast. But because oh. I didn't have much listeners, I guess then, because nobody called to say, um, you actually made a mess. Mm-hmm. So let's forget that one. I think it would have been going to New Zealand. And when I was in England, the immigration told me I couldn't board the plane. I'm like, okay, what's that, that about? What I was that about? It was a mistake. It was, it was, oh, ten, okay. it was 10 seconds of sheer panic. Okay, okay. But um, there were some times, like when I was in Jamaica doing my, 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 sport, my, um, <laughs> my phone report, and I didn't know that the phone disconnected. And while I'm talking, oh. the phone began to ring. And I'm like, I'm sure people are wrong saying, look at you, look, look, look at you, mm. pretending, you know. So having to deal with that, yeah. having to deal with sometimes not doing the best report and being down on yourself, yeah. um, those were some tough times dealing with unnecessary criticism. Mm. One of the worst, I think, is one of my, I was on air once, and one of my superiors came on air to disagree with me. On air? Yeah, man. And, not in a meeting somewhere. They weren't, they weren't invited on the program. They felt that they could walk in. And oh that my. is not necessarily bad, hmm. but I think what was bad is the way they did it. And then air exactly. they said, what you're saying makes no sense. That makes no sense. And I'm like, what? What? And I think that day I had it. Mm-hmm. That I, day I, I went. That day I was so incensed, mm-hmm. and I realized I could have, I could have gotten sick that day. I was. Oh, that's gosh. how angry I was. Wow. And physically I felt, you know, if you continue you like this, you're, you're going to keel over. Yeah. yeah. Because you messed with something that mattered to me. You didn't even come in the studio with with a certain level of decency. You came in there, and you just decided I'm going to try to embarrass you in here. And I think that, that bothered me. Yeah. And I had a couple of experiences like that doing my reports and someone on air trying to, to upstage what you're doing. And mm. that, if you're not careful, that mm. would really, really unsettle you. If, if you. you. And I remember getting so angry. And, and after a while, having to just simmer down and say, okay, God, how are we going to deal with this? Mm-hmm. You know, because this is not fair. And um, just having to move on and say, okay, look, you're not going to get any justice out of it. No, nobody's going to fight your battle. You already, you know, voice your your, your displeasure and, and all of that. Just move on and, and go again, you know. But those would have been some real low times. Low times. Um, sometimes coming back from, a, from a, a, a tour and not having enough money to pay bills. I, I've had that time where I went, I, I went actually to cover a... Um, on, on a tour and I got money and I okay. thought it was payment and I found out it was an advance in salary. I mean, these are things that mm, would have happened. These yeah. are things when I, I asked, I was going to England once and I asked for my, they said, listen, we can't give you no money because we still don't understand what you're doing. We don't, we, we just, we cannot figure out basically what you're doing. What? I said, so can I get a, my, my salary in, in advance? Yeah, 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 you can have it. So I got my salary mm-hmm. and I had to change it into pounds. So those are things that, that, that could be very disconcerting. Mm, yeah. And um, now talking about it, I'm not angry about it, but I remember the pain of that um, feeling like, is it just you alone doing this? Is mm-hmm. God behind this too? Yeah. But um, he gave the grace just to push on, just to do it. And, and I mean, I don't understand why it happened, but I know it had to happen. 
and you grew you grew muscle yeah or you develop sure. muscles rather so i guess that's the reason mm -hmm. and you can tell somebody about those tough times now that you know somebody might be listening and they have a dream and if you're feeling as if people are spitting in their face as if it's mm -hmm. like this makes no sense and what do i do do i listen to them or do i just push on right and you just have to just continue to push on and do do the hard yards and eventually god will just open the doors there are still some doors i think that need to be open for me okay um, mm -hmm. but i'm not gonna give up on what i'm doing just even there are days when you wake up and you're, you don't even feel like doing it sometimes you say you know boy, yeah that feeling this ain't making no sense today but i'll just do it for spite you know, mm -hmm. I'll just do it because I could do it. I'll just have fun on air because I can't have fun. I could have fun. And um, he gives you grace. He does. And I remember the other day somebody, I was on air and someone said, you know, you're one of the greatest sports commentators ever. And I'm like, that, that's worth more than $20,000. So thanks. Yeah. You know? So um, God rewards, it has been, um, it, it continues to be a very interesting journey. Uphill and downhill. Uphill and downhill. Can you can you name at least one lesson, one lesson, one practical lesson that someone that has a dream probably similar to yours can can put into their life and and move forward or push forward in this time? One of the things I think you should and, and I try to do is surround yourself with people who believe. Okay. Um, whether surrounding is one or two, mm -hmm. and make sure you have someone in the midst there who, who can who can criticize what you're doing. And, and you, okay. you have to take it mm -hmm. because you, you will understand that the person who is doing it, they love you and they won't break you. So you mm. need to have um, people around you who believe and quite a few of them in the midst there who can tell you, you're not doing this right today. Okay. You didn't do your best today. Um, that was not good enough. You are better than this. I mean, yeah. um, go again. And you, you need people who can, who can shake you up a little bit. You need people who can keep you on the straight and narrow. And um, I remember Gail doing that sometimes. Kern, that was not a good cast. Mm. You were okay, terrible. Okay. I'm like, what do you mean I was terrible? Kern, mm. it was, I remember the first, the first um, cast I did, I was covering cricket. I was in the studio and I bumbled through the names and for the entire day it was a mess. It was mm. average, at least to me. I yeah. This is you're picking rice. It's and and she told me what to do and I and I began to write down everything yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. I said, No, you're sounding good. So yeah. you need people around you to to do that to you and do that for you because they're gonna build you up. Yeah. And if you get ahead of yourself or you get beside yourself, they could knock your peg or two down. So, yeah, that. You know. So is there one person in particular that, besides, besides Gail, one person in particular that helped to build you up? And how did they do it? There are quite a few people. Um, quite a few. I mean, I could talk about uh, Pastor Ricardo, who always listened. And... It's not, he was not very always quick to just jump and give you advice, but always was there to listen and, mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and push you forward. One of the persons who helps still is Fazir Mohammed, um, you know, international cricket commentator, sportscaster. Right. I remember calling him for the first time, and I didn't want to call him because I'm thinking, he's not going to respond, he's not going to oh, talk okay. to me, why would, why would he talk to me, I'm not worth it. You know, you, you go yeah, through those things. Yeah. And he said to me when I called him about the New Zealand thing, I called him once or twice. He said, Kern, don't feel bad to call me. You know, 
Okay. Um, and at the end of the conversation, he said, Kern, remember, don't feel bad. Call me. It's okay to call. Oh. And he was, he was, he's Muslim, so he was going through his month of Ramadan and all of that. Okay. And is the level of encouragement that he would give. And mm -hmm. he would always talk about, you know, Kern, as you would, when I, I would call him to do interviews and he would say, Kern, you know, you've traveled so much. And as, as you would know, and, you know, you are respected internationally and all of that good stuff. So it's good to hear someone in the ranks, someone who the world respects, right. actually gives credence to what you do. And um, I think he's one who would really, really, he, he builds me up. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't even know that. And right. he tell me, you don't have to mention it to anybody how I help you, you know. But um, right. in his own way, and he's a bit of a cynic, but in his own way, he, he helps and he would give me that push to go forward. Mm, nice. So tell me, we, we, have to, we, have to, we have to change lanes for a little bit. Tell me how does a preacher fall in line with all of this? So that me as the preacher? You or, as the preacher. The other you, no, no, you as the preacher. Um, I, how do I start this? Mm. I got saved in 1990. Okay. And I always had an, uh, a thirst for the word. So even when I got saved, I love Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, nobody had to tell me that Jesus is God. I just knew he was. Right. And I love the word. And even for the, for the last few years, I've been diving more and more into his word. So the thirst for the word. Um, when God has done something for you, when he has saved you, and he continues to reveal himself to you, it's incumbent on you to share it with people. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I marry it with sports because, I mean, in the Bible, you find a lot of examples about sports and all of that. So I find a way to marry that. So when I speak, even when I preach, you would hear a bit of sports coming out because mm -hmm. sports is like this huge life lesson. Um, I love preaching. Yeah. As, as much as I like doing sports. Okay. Really. All right. Um, somebody would ask me, do you prefer to sing or preach? And I'll say, preach. Tell us why. Tell us why. I don't know. It, it's just, <laughs> it's a challenge and I like doing it. Okay. And I think I'm pretty, I mean, you, you don't want to toot your own horn, mm -hmm. but I think I'm, I'm comfortable doing it. Right. Even more comfortable sometimes than singing, you know, and I, and okay. I love to sing. But, but being able to speak about his word, being able to, to study it, and when you get the aha moments mm. when you're studying, and you have to, you have to tell people about those aha moments. I remember being called to preach in, in Labrick, and the Lord told me to preach on, Re on, on Revelation 3. Mm. And I know the word was heavy because it, the word scared me for the entire week. I'm reading oh, this oh, thing. Yeah. And I read it over and over. And it's, and even when I'm getting ready to preach, I'm like, Lord, this thing is frightening me. You know, Lord, mm. but this, is, this is deep, and it's ministering to me. And I am, I am, I am, I'm going to speak to these people, and I'm shaking while I, while I think about speaking, not because I'm nervous, God, but this word is powerful, and it is shaking me straight up. And I can't preach something I don't understand, one. Exactly. Or, or mm -hmm. I can't preach something that I haven't experienced, and he said that it, it, it hasn't changed my life. Right. So if I'm going through trouble, I can't preach um, something that is not true to me. It has to be real to mm -hmm. me first. Else it makes no sense preaching it. Then you're borrowing a sermon from, from Pastor Ricardo from or from somebody <laughs> else. From somebody else. You're borrowing it and say, let me just, let me <laughs> let just me use that. Regurgitate. But, but, yeah, huh? but if it doesn't minister to you, how would it minister to them? Because basically yeah. you're preaching a lie. Mm -hmm. And my, the, the thing I, I try to major on is really sound doctrine. Mm 
And, yeah. I, and I talk about it at nauseum because I think sometimes we as Pentecostals these days, we don't major in song doctrine and we yeah. sometimes um, use the Holy Spirit as an excuse for wildness, for mm, silliness. That and is I, true. And sometimes I say, poor Holy Spirit, but you are gain. They're calling your name in this. In, in, in wildness. And, and I believe in the gifts. I believe I, 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 I'm into worship. I believe in all the manifestations, falling under the anointing. Some of us people break out and laugh, all of that. Under the I, I'm cool with all of that. But I'm just saying, we need to teach and, That's and, true. and, and, and be apt to teach. Mm-hmm. And, and I think sometimes we sometimes become a, a laughing stock because the things we say and, and the yes. things we do sometimes. And, and I'm proud to be a believer, I'm proud to be a Pentecostal. I believe in all the gifts. I believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe we can lay hands on somebody and they get healed. I believe yes, they can recover. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that the sun could still stand still. That's you know, I believe yes. in signs and wonders and nobody could tell me that it doesn't exist. I don't want to hear about that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also believe that we need to be balanced, that we need to not behave unseemly. And proper doctrine kind of helps you to, to, to become centered. And I think sometimes, and I, I always quarrel, I mean, your father would hear me quarrel. I'll call him <laughs> and quarrel. <laughs> I'll be on a radio and I say, "Couldn't don't don't speak about this." And then I'll speak about, um, "Guys, we need to be ca- we need to be careful about what we're saying, because some things we say." And I'm like, "No, I'm not going to listen to that today." And not because mm. I'm pompous, but it, it goes like this. This is not the Jesus I know. Right. And, and we have come to this place where it's always about me, my, um, so for your healing, so for your blessings, so for yes. protection, so and it's obscene. Yeah, prosperity gospel. You know, I I believe that God wants us to prosper, but mm-hmm. but but you know, so for COVID protection, so for this, drink this water, take this thing, ten steps to healing, ten steps to deliverance. As about God, why 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 are we why doing we, this? Exactly. Why are, we, why are we doing that? We need to be you know a little more centered as believers and really depend on the Holy Spirit um, to, to to teach us and. Um, we need to we need to adhere to sound doctrine as as mm-hmm. believers and find out what the word says because I hear some believers sometimes and I'm not trying to be unkind because I was there say some things and I where you get that, that exactly what you know Bible? very Trini where, where you get that from there's <laughs> no scripture for that no Stop scriptural that. evidence you know I mean? none <laughs> I mean there's somebody I know right now who, who I heard about a, a, a young lady who's sick okay. had major surgery. Mm-hmm. And everything in the r- everything is about demonic activity. And I'm like, defy this. And I'm like, but with Jesus in this, and Jesus saved you, though. With Jesus in this. Mm. You know? Yeah. I mean, who is he to you? How powerful is he? And, and when you understand who Jesus is, when you come in contact with him and you understand who he is and mm. what he has done for you, then, then certain things won't bother you. But I hear Christians sometimes majoring in, you know, the enemy fighting my dog. Yes. You know, these spiritual things. And when you go into a place, you have to understand the spirit there. And, and mm. while some of these things are true sometimes, I think we major in them and we become very, very spooky. We become super yes, weird. We. And we become impotent as believers because mm-hmm. all we're talking about is the devil. And I'm like, I tell somebody, yeah. I say, I'm fed up here about the devil. For God's sake, talk, you know, I mean, you know, talk about talk Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Talk for God's about sake. him. Yes. But um, and I think we need to be very, very careful and balance ourselves and really understand who we are in Christ. 
Because mm-hmm. sound auction will produce sound living. Yeah, man. And we're and missing it. We're yeah. missing it. And, and power and signs and wonders would accompany sound auction. You know? it, yeah. it, 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 would, it would accompany it, accompany it because the word is being taught. Yes. And being taught properly. Then you'll see signs and wonders following to confirm what, what you've said. What you've said. Yeah. Hmm. Tell me one thing that inspires you to continue on this path. Um, wow. What inspires me at this point in time, I guess is what God has told me to do. Mm-hmm. And the mandate. And although you feel like pelting away the mandate from time to time, and say, Sometimes. God, can I, can I just tear up this mandate because mm-hmm. maybe it's my, maybe it's me. He always sends enough he will send the raven with the bread and to with supply the and, 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 and the bitter and the, and the brook that wouldn't dry mm-hmm. just to fill the cup and those things seem to inspire me remember what god told you remember mm-hmm. remember remember 2008 remember 2005 remember 2004 and these are things in my life i'm ready dates remember yeah. 2012 when, when you were on that 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 tr- that bus from London to Nottingham. Remember mm-hmm. what, what the Lord told you then. Remember these things. Remember when you were in the air. Remember when the train almost hit you on the train track. Mm. You know what I mean? I know, I'm not sure if I, if I even told Pastor about that. The train. What happened then? I'm, I'm traveling on this train and I'm coming out and Gail is, 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 is impaired because of the stroke. So she's hobbled. Mm. And I'm coming out of the train and the train door is about to close. So it closes on my bag like this. Squeeze. Yeah. They, it, the door eventually opened for the bag to come out, but Gail can't come out. So oh. the train closed with Gail, and I'm holding on to the train, and the train is moving while I'm holding on. And someone pulled me and said, get off the train track. You're going to be shocked because I'm on the live track there. Right. And five minutes before, I was talking to Gail about angels and, and angels protection and all of that. Mm. And I was very, I was at death's door. I was peace. I was at peace, though. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if I did not with you. But it's, after, it's when you sit down. And you realize, you know, Whoa. you could have died there. That, 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 that could have been the end of, of your of, journey on earth. Yeah. You say, okay, God is really, really good. Mm, and he is. I didn't go home and, and, and quarrel about it, and we didn't quarrel about it. It was just God was real, real good. And I can't wait to tell people about, you know, how he protected me with that train because I was on the train track. And who's going to pull me off? If somebody exactly. saw me, they said, no, 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 get off the track and pull me. I felt these big hands pulling me off the track, you know. So um, that was just amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm remembering now as if it were yesterday. Mm. That was a great time. So when you remember these things, you, you mm-hmm, see yeah. like, God, you saved me. You spoke to me about this sports. You told me not to go. I was I was going up to Australia to cover sports, and you told me don't go, stay mm. in Trinidad. Okay. And I'm like, I don't want to stay here, but I'll be obedient. And he said, I won't let you rot. Stay. So when, when God speaks to you like that, and even when you feel like giving up on the mandate, mm. these things remind you, okay, go on, go on one more day. You know, don't, yeah. don't think about 10 days down the line. Don't think about 100 days. Just, 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 just deal with this day. Yeah. Deal with one today, more day. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that, that helps me to push on. That helps you to push on. What's one takeaway that we can leave with our listeners? Because we're hearing about purpose. We are hearing about all the things that you've been through. We are hearing about your different occupations and everything that drives you. And w- what's one thing that we can leave with our listeners that would energize them to move forward or propel them even further? I'll just say don't give up on life. 
um don't give up on your dreams mm-hmm. um even if you even let's say you don't fulfill it the way the way yeah. you want to at least give it your give it your best shot. best shot and at least at the end of life you could say okay i did my best i left everything uh, and that's very, very important. I heard Kobe Bryant talk about that. He had no regrets retiring mm-hmm. because I left everything, everything on the court. And he wrote this poem about dear basketball. Um, he said, you know, um, I gave you my hustle. You asked for my hustle. I gave you my heart. And now I can't do it anymore because I've given you everything. Mm-hmm. And I, want to, I don't want to cheat, uh, to cheat life yeah. or cheat on life. I want to give life everything. And I think when I go out every day, I try it with sports, okay? And I get very upset. Okay, this mm-hmm. wasn't your best one today. You need to do better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to give life a good shot. Give life our best. And don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your purpose. But try again. Get up again. Some of us are feeling down and out because of the COVID. Yeah. And COVID has put a real spoke in our wheel. Mm-hmm. But um, in the midst of all the craziness, in the midst of death, um, God has still given you life. Which he means has. you can still achieve purpose. So rise up you know from 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 the dust and whether you have to limp for a while whether you have to drag for a while whether you have to cry you know and and, and, and even if you're huddled you just do what god has called you to do and he would give you the grace Mm. don't give up on life there you have it folks today we spoke with our dear friend kern tyson he's a preacher a radio personality, a sports commentator who happens to be blind. I wonder who we're going to ask next. This is Priority Lounge, where the topic of the day is the priority. Stay safe. We'll see you in the next one.